What up, what up? Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Jason. I'm excited you guys are listening. Thank you so much. Today I want to share with you an excerpt from the book that I'm reading right now in this program, Phase 1 Live Hard program. You have to read um, 10 pages of a non-fiction book every single day. And let me just tell you, one of the best books that I've ever read in my entire life is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. If you've not read that book, you should definitely go check it out. It It's a wild freaking story. But what I found after reading that book is that I, I wanted to find something like it, and there's just not really anything else out there like it. But I think I've found something that is maybe not equal in intensity, but this book really has been getting to me as I've been reading it. Born to Run is the name of the book. It's by Christopher McDougall. Last name is M-C-D-O-U-G-A-L-L. I'll put the Amazon affiliate link in the notes. But if you plan on reading this book, Born to Run, it was uh, suggested to me by my buddy Sean Hamlin. Shout out, Sean. What's up, man? Um, he's He's run... Um, some really crazy races. I think he said he's done some 50 milers. I don't think he's ever done a hundred miler, but he kind of got into the whole ultra thing. And he said that after he read this book, born to run, um, that was really the thing that got him into running. And it happened in his early forties when he started getting out there and doing it. That guy's in shape, man. And, um, anyways, it's, it really, the story kind of resonated with me cause I'm, I'm 39 currently, and uh, I'll be 40 in January of 2022. So if you guys are listening after the fact, well, then I'm 40 now in the future, but not yet. So I'm about to hit my 40s. And one of my goals before I turned 40, or excuse me, 30 was to run a marathon. I did not do it. And then I spent the majority of my 30s really not doing a lot of training for much except for hiking. And I kind of laid down that dream of running a marathon. I don't really know what's going on in my brain right now. You know, I've been into biking and I think, um, um, I think I want to try and do a long distance bike ride at some point, maybe a 50 or a hundred mile bike ride. I'll just have to, uh, see how I, how I feel at the end of this 30 days, see if I keep if I keep writing, if I keep training, and we'll see what happens. But born to run. Let's read the excerpt. And so if you plan on reading this book, Born to Run, do not listen to this segment of the podcast because I'm going to read what I think up through just about half of the book is the craziest thing that I've read so far in this book. So I still have, I'm halfway through it. But when I read this paragraph, it blew my freaking mind. So right now the author is talking about um, this race called Badwater, which is a 100-mile race, but it starts in Death Valley and temperatures get up to like 135 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's freaking hot and it's ridiculous. Not a lot of people finish this race. Um, Majority of people quit. It's usually under a hundred participants in the race 
And so he's telling this story about this guy named Scott Jurek and how this guy is running this race for the first time. He's never ran more than 50 miles on asphalt or actually it's like, I can't remember what he said, but it's something like he's only ever done 12 to 20 miles on asphalt, but the guy's done a lot of running in Seattle and like the coolest day in death Valley is still much hotter than the hottest day in Seattle. And so nobody thought that this guy was going to do well in this race. And so here we are in race day and he talks about Scott and he, he takes off. And so this is where I want to start reading the excerpt excerpt. And I'm just going to re, uh, read it to you. So we pick up at mile 60. So <clears throat> it says by mile 60, Scott was vomiting and shaky. His hands dropped to his knees. Then his knees dropped to the pavement. He collapsed by the side of the road, lying in his own sweat and spittle. Leah and his friends didn't bother trying to help him up. They knew there was no voice in the world more persuasive than the one inside Scott's own mind. Scott lay there thinking about how hopeless it all was. He wasn't even halfway done and Sweeney was already too far for him to see. So Sweeney was leading the race at this time. Ferg Hawk was halfway up to the Father Crowley lookout and Scott hadn't even started the climb yet. And the wind, it was like running into the blast, into the blast of a jet engine. A couple miles back, Scott had tried to cool off by sinking his entire head and torso into a giant cooler full of ice and holding himself underwater until his lungs were screaming. As soon as he got out, he was roasting again. So it's so hot, right? Let me see if I can find the what he was talking about, how hot this stinking race is. I think they said something like 130 degrees outside, but just freaking hot as hail. <laughs> and so as soon as he got out, he was roasting again. There's no way, Scott told himself, you're done. You'd have to do something totally sick to win this thing now. Sick like what? Like starting all over again. Like pretending you just woke up from a great night's sleep and the race hasn't even started yet. You'd have to run the next 80 miles as fast as you've ever run 80 miles in your life. No chance, jerker. Yeah, I know. For 10 minutes, Scott lay like a corpse. Then he got up and did it shattering the bad water record with a time of 24 hours and 36 minutes. Can you believe that story? This dude was freaking cooked, yo. He was done. Homeboy's laying on the floor. He's vomiting. He's shaky. He's laying in his own sweat and spittle. Homeboy's laying on the floor, done, right? He's got 80 miles of the race left, and he's telling himself, you're not going to get this done. There's no way. There, there's no way. It, it, you would need a miracle. You'd have to do something totally sick. Like what? So he coaches himself. He says, like starting all over again, like pretending you just woke up from a great night's sleep, and the race hasn't even started. You'd have to run the next 80 miles, 80 miles 
as fast as you've ever run 80 miles in your life. And not just 80 miles, but we're talking about 80 miles of the bad water race. Look, it says Death Valley was in the midst of one of its hottest summers in history with temperatures hovering at around 130 degrees, right? This dude had never run in this kind of terrain. And so earlier in the story, it talks a little bit about what he'd done as far as training, but he'd never been in this situation before. He'd never been in this environment before. And Homeboy dropped to his knees, throwing up. He's done. And he says, the only way this is going to happen is if I get up and I run the fastest that I've ever run in my entire life. And so he laid on the floor for 10 minutes like a corpse, they said. He's laying there 10 minutes. 10 minutes of that race goes by of him losing, losing minutes, losing time, losing miles. And next thing you know, he gets up and it says he did it, shattering the bad water record with a time of 24 hours and 36 minutes. When I read that, like, I my jaw dropped and I just stared at the page and I thought, did I just read what I thought I read? Did Is this real? Did a human being actually accomplish this and then I'm like how in the world did that happen like how does somebody throw up shake their body gives out you fall on the ground you're in the hottest place in the nation during one of the hottest summers and you have 80 miles to run I'd be done I'd go home I'd be like you know what I'm just not cut out for it this is just not my gig. Or I might even get up and just kind of, you know, hobble along and finish the race at least and be like, yeah, well, at least I finished. No, homeboy got up and shattered the record for that entire race. What, number one, like, what is this guy's mind made of? Is it truly mind over matter? Like, that's, that's the question. And you, you've heard it before, mind over matter, mind over matter, mind over matter. But it got me thinking, and listen, I've, what I've done in my training is, isn't, you know, it's not going to be written in books. It'll be recorded on this podcast because it's my podcast. I'm telling my story, but I just talked about in this, uh, one of my last episodes called have fun with your training, how I had a hell of a bike ride in the morning. And, I logged a certain mile per hour on my bike ride, but then I went home, I rested, <laughs> you know, I refueled. It wasn't 10 minutes on the ground, the hottest weather, but I got back that, back out there and, and I rode like I hadn't even rode earlier that day. And I rode f- faster than I did that day. And, and I just started thinking like, you know, and I don't know that I'm going to do this, but I'm like, what if I rode three times a day? What if I rode four times a day. Like, what am I really capable of? That's the question. Not just what is the human body capable of? Like I'm reading this book and the subtitle is a hidden tribe, super athletes 
and the greatest race the world has never seen. And so this guy is, guy is telling stories about some of the best runners and super athletes in the entire world. He's telling their story because they've done some stuff that is insane. And if you read this book, you'll be like, holy crap. If you read David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me, you'll be like, holy freaking crap. You start thinking about this stuff. And, you know, now that I'm in into cycling, I'm looking up some of these races and, and, you know, there's some crazy races. When I went to Colorado the very first time, we drove to the top of Pikes Peak. But on our way up, I saw people cycling up the road to the top of Pikes Peak. And, you know, it's long enough and difficult enough in a vehicle <laughs> to drive to the top of that mountain. And I'm like, dude, these people got to be crazy. They've got to be absolutely nuts to get out there and ride to the top of that freaking mountain. I can't imagine how strenuous it is, but people are doing it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm reading about this stuff. I'm like, man, this stuff is nuts. And so we get a glimpse of what the human body is capable of. And it's not just the body, but it's the mind. It's the mind and the body. And so with these greatest tools that God has given you, right, your body, your mind, and not even that, but if you're a believer, his spirit, like, what can't we accomplish? I don't know. I'm just blown away by that story. And it, it just makes me wonder, like, what part of untapped potential exists in my own mind? It says that his his wife and, and some of his uh, his race crew just let him lay there. They weren't going to try and give him some sort of pet pep talk like, oh, you can do it, bro. Nah, you got this, man. Nah, get up. This is why you trained. You've been here before. You faced defeat before. Right? There's no, you know, Al Pacino in the locker room get you pumped up for the rest of the game, we're going to win the championship, right? There's, it's a very poor Pacino, but it, there was not going to be any kind of external voice that was going to help get this guy off the ground and make him run 80 miles the fastest they ever run it. It was whatever he said in his mind. And, you know, he, <laughs> something happened and I can't even imagine what was going on in that guy's brain over the next 80 miles, but holy moly. And I just want to share that with you. That That's all I have for today. I want to share that expert I, excerpt. I was inspired by it, and it just makes you think, like, what are we truly capable of? Human beings are amazing, amazing. And it, it's wild what, what people can accomplish. And, you know, when you train, when you put your mind to it, whatever it is, you know. And so I just wonder what kind of untapped potential exist within us within our, our mind or our body it's uh it's interesting to think about and maybe you'll take some time to think about it too this is beneficial content to you share out the podcast let people know what's happening at the real deal villa podcast i'm out